Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Leanne McCoy podcast. I'm so glad that you have um, dropped by today, and I look forward to sharing with you the second three of my six things that the Lord has shown me I can do in order to, well, really, maybe not what I can do, but just things that give me insight that will help me take hold of the joy that can be mine in the midst of the chaos. And I didn't make this very, very clear, but I'm acquiesced to understand that life is not always going to deliver me what I'm looking for. And when it doesn't deliver me what I think it ought to or what I'm looking for, things can get a little bit chaotic. And I don't know about you, but when that chaos comes, I'm kind of tired of that becoming some kind of a great big waging war for my faith. Instead, I'm going to just, can we all just accept the fact that chaos is going to be a part of life. Things are going to happen. They're going to confuse us. Um, The devil is always on the prowl to try to find ways to trip up our faith. And we're just not going to be tripped up. Instead, we're going to trust God to be who he says he is and to do what he says he will do. And regardless of what's going on around us or what we're faced with or what surprises us, we're going to look for and find the joy in it. And so that's that's kind of my theme for this year, joy in the chaos. And in in um, the previous episode, part one of this, these two parts, I shared with you that um, the Lord had given me these three things. And one is that I was going to work really hard to float, not paddle, a lesson my older sister Sharon taught me before she died of cancer. The second one being that I'm going to remember what darkness does when it's released in a room filled with light. And what does darkness do to light? Absolutely nothing. That's what I love. Light penetrates darkness, but darkness never penetrates light. And then the third thing I shared with you is how we serve a God who sees us. And I, and I use the, um, the expression, I see you, that I had seen illustrated in the movie Avatar and how um, the fact that that they used it to mean, I get you, I understand you, I'm, I'm really looking deep into your soul right now and I receive you and I love you and there's no condemnation here. And I was sharing how that's how it is when we, we have a God who sees us like that, who loves us so much and wants to be intimately connected with us in that way. So those are the first three. You can listen to me unpack those in the previous episode, but now you're in part two and I'm going to unpack then the other three things that God showed me, all of these things during my quiet time and my everyday life that I was living through the holidays. So I'm going to unpack that with you and you too can embrace the joy and the chaos in your life this year. So my friends, let's pick up where we left off. The fourth way of my six ways, the things that God has taught me that I'm going to embrace, use to compel me to embrace joy in the chaos is this. And I'm going to almost guarantee you have never in all of your life heard anybody teach a lesson on what I'm about to teach you on. And here is the word, mehar shalal hashbaz. I'm sure that I'm pronouncing that in Tennessee vernacular, not in the Hebrew language. But here's how it's spelled. M-A-H-A-R-S-H-A-L-A-L-H-A-S-H-B-A-Z. Okay? (laughs) And here's the verse. It's Isaiah 8, verses 3 and 4. And I went to the prophetess. This is Isaiah talking. 
and she conceived and bore a son. Then the Lord said to me, Call his name Meher Shalal Hashbaz. For before the boy knows how to cry, my father or my mother, the wealth of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria will be carried away before the king of Assyria. Now, my friends, I had decided uh, just before Christmas, I think while I was doing the Advent devotions in preparation and participation in the Advent season, that season of weeks looking toward Christmas, I decided to begin to read through Isaiah in my quiet time. And can I just say that's a challenging book to read during your quiet time. But the other day, um, during the holidays, I got a powerful word from the Lord. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details, but just suffice it to say that God showed up and he spoke a word to me directly to the chaos that I was going through. Now, I have to ask you, do you know what Mehar Shalal Hashbaz means? Well, I did look it up, and the one thing I love about Google is you can Google, what does Meher Shalal Hashbaz mean? And this is what I found out. Swift to the spoil, quick to the plunder. Or it could mean speed to the spoil and hasten to the booty. I don't know which of those definitions I like better. Swift to the spoil, quick to the plunder, or speed to the spoil and hasten to the booty. <laughs> Meher Shalal Hashbaz is a phrase that ancient warriors used to declare their victory as they rushed in to collect their reward. I took it as a word from the Lord that he is going to bring answers to my prayers, that the years of tears are going to pay off, and soon the day will come when I get to gather the booty. I get to hasten to the booty or quick to the plunder and swift to the spoil. I picture myself picking up all the goodness God has for me on the other side of the victory that is sure to be mine. Until then, may her shalal hashbaz will be my war cry. Maybe this is God's word for you regarding some of your long-term prayers as well. When Isaiah went into his wife and she became pregnant and they gave birth to this boy, he was... um, what he's saying here is that before that little boy is able to say, my father or my mother. And so in other words, not only was God saying the victory is going to be yours, that um, he's also saying uh, that it's going to be yours in the next few years. Like this is not going to go on forever. And I don't know about you, but that's an encouraging word to me. Sometimes we carry burdens and we get so used to carrying them, we just, they become, you know, tattooed into our shoulders. And God very well this year might be ready to alleviate a couple of those loads. He may bring a glory to God victory story into your life. And certainly that answer to that prayer is coming. You just don't know when. And until that time, just go ahead and declare, may her shalal hashbaz. And and you just remind yourself that the day is going to come when victory is yours and you're going to hasten to your spoil or hasten to your booty (laughs) and be quick to your plunder. All right, that was number four. Number five is what I learned in the situation with Damar Hamblin. Um, You remember the night that the football game was going on. This was just a few weeks ago. And um, 
Damar Hamlin was the football player who literally had a heart attack on the football field, and they brought him back, resuscitated him, and then he was stabilized. He went on to the hospital, but they they quit the game. And one of the most fascinating things about that night was what happened to America and everybody who was watching that ball game at that moment in time. Let me first read you my verse because every one of these things have a verse that goes with them. And this one is Matthew 18, 3. Then he said, I promise you this, if you don't change and become like a child, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. On that Monday night, we were sitting in my in my quiet time room. I call it my quiet time room. It's a converted dining room. I turned into a very comfy chair room where I, when I first converted it, I said, this is going to be the adults only room because grandchildren had come into my world and my house was getting slowly invaded by little people. <laughs> and it was my last gasp effort to keep one room kind of kid-free, but it is definitely not a kid-free zone. What it is is a wonderful place to circle up and have intimate conversations. It's just the way that the room is designed. But it's also the place where I have my intimate conversations with the Lord every morning. There's actually even one chair that's called Nana's Quiet Time Chair. And um, we were sitting, we were gathered in that room. It was me and my son and my granddaughter, Misty. And TJ was sitting across from me on the love seat, and I was in my quiet time chair. And the girls had been playing upstairs, my granddaughters, who Misty, who's almost 12, and River, who is eight. And Misty came down to show us something. And while she was kind of lounging in my lap, we noticed that everything went quiet on the television. And Tom, who was watching the ball game, asked him what was going on. Because when I looked up, the players were on the field on their knees praying over Damar Hamlin. And then we, we began to take in the tragedy that was unfolding. And I said to Misty, we need to pray for him. And Misty said, yeah, but God doesn't always answer our prayers the way we want him to. And I said, yeah, that's true. But it's good to know that God loves us. And even when he doesn't answer our prayers the way we want him to, we can rest in knowing that he's in control and he cares very much. And she said, yeah. And then she goes, Nana, why is it so easy for children to understand this, to have faith in God? And then it gets harder for teenagers and adults. And I then responded to her, that's a great question, Misty. Even Jesus said that we need to have faith like little children in order to understand how to best have a relationship with him. Then I told her what I thought, and that is that children know what it's like not to be in charge of their world. They understand what it means to live under authority, under the authority and the care of the adults in their lives. They know they don't have so much power to change things, so it's easier for them to accept God's authority in their lives. It's easier for them to trust Him for the things they need. But as we grow older, we become more and more independent. And we begin to realize that we can control a lot of things and, and that we can make choices for ourselves. We kind of like our independence, and so we don't want to rely on God. We certainly don't want to live under His authority when it, requires, when it requires us to say no to some of our own desires. And I just said, maybe this is why. Maybe this is why it's easier when you're a child. It just made me think about the verse that I shared with you 
that Jesus said, I promise this, if you don't become like a child, you'll never get into the kingdom of heaven. And since then, Damar Hamlin has been making a remarkable, miraculous recovery. And I'm thinking about how we as Americans, just watching a normal football game on a normal night, are suddenly confronted with life and death. And in that moment, football didn't matter, money didn't matter, um, the loss of millions of dollars, I'm sure, because that game was not played, did not matter. What mattered was DeMar's life. Since then, I've learned that um, the city they were in, Cleveland, I believe it was, painted the town, um, I can't remember now, it was red or blue, but the color of the, the opposing team in a, in a statement of, we're with you all the way. So many stories came out of professional athletes encouraging the family and encouraging each other during this difficult time. People of faith, even commentators on television were just bold enough to pray right there on national television for Damar. And God allowed us as a nation to see how his miraculous power will intervene when we utterly and depend and, and just desperately cry out to him. I'm thrilled that we've all gotten to witness this miracle. And I'm so grateful for the conversation that Misty had with me where I was reminded that if I really want to experience God working in my life, if I really want to take hold of all the joy he has for me and whatever chaos is going on, then I'm going to trust him and come to him like a little child. I'm going to let him call the shots, not me. I'm going to hunker down even if what he demands of me is different than what my flesh wants. And I'm going to serve the Lord with all I've got, no matter what. Um, wasn't that cool? Wasn't that cool? to have that um, experience and to walk through that during these past few weeks. All right, number six is the very last thing that the Lord has um, shown me over the holidays. And this is what it, my verse is, Proverbs nineteen twenty one. You can make many plans, but God's purposes will prevail. You remember when I shared how my sister gave me the first um, little thing that I've applied to finding my joy and chaos to float and not paddle? And how she used to send little nothings in a care package for me to have something to do while I'm having chemo pumped into my body? Well, one of those little nothings was one of those papers that is totally black. It's like got a black wax over the picture and then a wooden um, stick that you can use to scratch away the black and to reveal the picture that is underneath. Well, the girls got some of those at Christmas time, and I asked if I could do one. And so I began to scratch away so very carefully. And I stayed away from all of the edges of my picture because my, my little scratch away thing had a picture kind of etched on it. And I was careful to stay away from the edges because I thought if I go over the edges or get out of the lines, this is going to mess up the whole picture and all we're going to see is a bunch of color coming through. But as I worked on it, <coughs> I call it a scribble scrabble. As I, as I scratched away that black, 
I did mess up a little bit and I realized, oh my goodness, there's actually a real picture under here. And all I have to do is just scratch away the darkness. All I have to do is just keep on scratching away at the darkness. I don't have to worry about staying in the lines. I don't have to worry about messing it up. Like the picture is already there, just waiting to be revealed. <laughs> and I hope you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, there's chaos, and it looks very chaotic, but just like my sister said about the river that we're really in, God's got a picture he has already painted on the platform of your life. He knows exactly what it's going to look like, and we get duped into thinking that we have to be so careful, and we can't get out of the lines, and we, we cannot get too close to the lines, and if we mess it up, we're going to mess it up. But the truth is, we cannot mess up God's already beautiful picture of our lives. That when we are messing up, he's just going to weave that in to the story and make it an opportunity to minister out of a place we did not ever had the chance to minister out of before. And so that is my last thing, is that God already has the plan we can scribble, scrabble all we want, and we will not mess up the plans of the Lord. Plans of the Lord will not be thwarted, is what Job 42, 2 said. And Proverbs 19, 21, just to read it again, says, You can make many plans, but God's purposes will prevail. Lord, we thank you that your purposes prevail always. Thank you, my friends, for listening to this part two of the two parts um, episode of discussing how we can take hold of joy in the chaos. Again, let me remind you, I have show notes and you can go there. You can get a total list of all six of the things that I've told you about. I'm going to do my best to float, not paddle. I'm going to remember what darkness does when it's released into a room of light. I'm going to remember that I serve a God who sees me, El Roah, the God who sees me. Meher Shalal Hashbaz. I'm going to declare that as my war cries. I watch and anticipate the day that God's going to answer every one of my prayers. And then Damar Hamlin and what he has taught us as God allowed us to watch that miracle unfold in his life. And finally, Scribble Scrabble, how the picture is already painted and we cannot mess it up. I hope you've enjoyed this, that this has encouraged you. If it has encouraged you, please take time to give us a rating. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. What an easy way to give an uplifting message to a friend of yours today. I look forward to being with you again this next week on the brand new Leanne McCoy podcast. <music>